You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Welcome, you are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. This is your co-host, Isaac Harris, writer at Mavs.com for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm obviously not joined by Nick Angstead right now. It's somewhat of a weird night. I am recording this at midnight on Tuesday. Um, Nick and I were, and we had plans to do a podcast tonight on kind of the general market for centers, for big men uh, in the free agent market, big men we could trade for, all that stuff. He has some family stuff going on right now. Nick, obviously, if you haven't been listening to the podcast, Nick and his wife and his awesome little dog moved across the country, moved to Daytona Beach, moved to Florida. Uh, don't worry, Lockdown Mavs is still here. He will still be on Lockdown Mavs. He is still going to be doing his stuff at MavsMoneyBall.com for SB Nation. So his Mav coverage isn't going anywhere. Uh, it's a family move by him and uh, to get closer to some other family and all that stuff. So he's enjoying the beach right now. Uh, probably not at this exact moment, but uh, he's enjoying Florida life and all that stuff. So anyway, we had these <laughs> plans for tonight. We're going to do these like top 10 rankings for centers and all this different stuff. And while I had some things going on, he had some things going on. Mark Stein, you know, t- sends out his tweets about the Mavericks and DeAndre Jordan, and it became kind of uh, more public at that point, if you should say. And uh, so at that point, we were texting. We're like, all right, we ha- we have to scratch it. You know, let's just talk all about DeAndre Jordan, the situation. And even though we kind of talked about it yesterday, but what are some possibilities with what could happen? And um, yeah, Nick had some other family stuff, <laughs> crazy stuff happen, and that took him away, you know, kind of from able to podcast. So normally we would just skip it, and we're like, hey, we would j- I would just do tomorrow because solo pods can be a little weird sometimes. And so it's like crazy late notice. So I'm like, I didn't want to hit up any of my friends, any of these other people, super late at night, like midnight. Hey, do you want to do a podcast? I guess there's a listener out there. If you're a listener and you're like, hey, I'm ready at any time, hit me up and let's just talk Mavs. Um, but no, uh, so I was like, all right, there's going to be some people going to work the next morning that want to hear an update, that want to hear something about what's going on right now. So uh, I actually have some plans to record a podcast tomorrow with a national media guy. So uh, that should be fun. We're having lunch together and talking about Mavs and draft and everything with that. So we could get some like crazy news happen tomorrow while I'm recording that with, with him. That should drop on Friday. So look forward to that. It'll be a good one, or it should be. Let's hope. Um, but anyway, talking about tonight, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a weird night for Mavericks fan base. I say weird because... We're back here again with DeAndre Jordan, and it feels like it was just yesterday as Mavs fans that we were going through this whole dance, and it's a little different with DeAndre, and it's a little different for a Mavs fan because just of everything that 
that happened over the course of those few days that summer. I mean, it's something I won't forget for a long time of just being excited and selling yourself on DeAndre Jordan, the super exciting, you know, player back then that was what, 26 years old, I guess, you know, for the Clippers and Lob City. And, you know, we'd seen all these crazy dunks. He pretty much ended Brandon Knight's life. And just all the highlight reels and everything, it's like, okay, for a, a course of, you know, a couple days there, if that, like, that was, we were all watching highlights. This is going to be the next center, like, for Tyson Chandler, like, since Tyson, and this is going to be so much fun, all this stuff, and everything, of course, happens. And I'll, ne- I'll just never forget places where I was at reading reading those tweets, uh, or I was in an apartment with my wife and I back, you know, back a couple years ago, two three years ago, three summers ago, I guess. And I just remember trying to explain it to her and how like how down and depressed I was about it, and uh, just Mavs fan base in general. It was just gut wrenching. I mean, it really was because not only did he back out, but you know, we lost traction. We lost out on pretty much everything else. And it was just a weird summer, weird all the way around. And it was just, it just sucked. And immediately you have all of these hard feelings towards this guy who gave his word and backed out of his word. You know, his boys from the Clippers convinced him to stay and just every all the tweets with about Cuban and the chair and the emojis. And it just like the Mavericks became the laughing stock of that summer. And for Mavs fan, you know, every Mavs fan is was was feeling it that summer because every other friend that you had of ever of other fan bases or Rockets or whoever it was was texting you giving you a hard time I know I had I had friends whatever saying haha man this is so funny it's happening to you it's funny it's happening to Cuba and blah 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 so you you harbor these emotions towards this individual for that summer and he comes to Dallas I remember his first game in Dallas the booze the crowd reaction to that and it was just like Rondo was 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 similar, I guess, when he came back. But the booze in the place for DeAndre was, I mean, that was like chilling. That was insane when he first came out of the tunnel, running out with the the Clippers team. It's just crazy how it all unfolded, how it all went down, and. Yeah, I mean, that was just a crazy night in the AAC here in Dallas and a night I I won't forget for a while either. And so now you fast forward two years or, you know, three years, whatever, since then, and you see what all has happened on both sides. It's kind of funny because you look at the Clippers side and all of the guys that went there to convince DeAndre Jordan to stay are now all gone. You know, some of them chose, a couple of them chose to leave. While Blake Griffin didn't choose to leave, he, you know he's gone also. So it's kind of funny that DeAndre got convinced by all of his guys, and now all of his guys left him, and he's the only one still there. So Mavs fans, I've obviously get a great uh, joy in that, and the Clippers didn't win anything uh, in the in the past couple of years also. So it's not like they won a title and you'd be like, oh man, it was completely worth it. As a Mavs fan, you're sitting back saying, ah, you didn't win anything, and now all your boys left you. So that's kind of been the running joke as, you know, with some Mavs fans and stuff with that. So then you look at what situation is more promising right now. What's crazy is three years later, 
the Mavericks have a more promising future than the Clippers, even after everything that happened. And so now everything, of course, leads to what is looking like, what is being reported like, this eventual, you don't want to say reunion because it never really happened, this uh, this eventual marriage, I guess, that has been put off for three seasons. So if you haven't seen it, Let's talk about Mark Stein's tweets right after the break. So it was late Tuesday night. Obviously, I have a bunch of notifications on your phone. Like If you're like me, I, I keep so many different notifications, different things, talking to different people, chatting here and there, uh, just checking in on some things, um, and just seeing how official or how public some of the stuff's going to get. And then when Mark Stein tweets out, the Mavericks are actively exploring trade scenarios with the Clippers and former flame DeAndre Jordan in hopes of trading for Jordan this week, league sources tell the New York Times. You know, that was, um, you know, some other people had just thrown throughout the idea saying Dallas is, you know, thinking about it, considering it, considering pursuing him in free agency. There's a lot of options on the table. DeAndre Jordan has the opt. The player option to choose to you know accept it to opt in opt out before Friday. Obviously, if he opts in, he could stay with you know, the Clippers, or they could trade him. He'll be an expiring contract then. Or if he opts out, he obviously goes into unrestricted free agency, goes wherever he wants. So there's a lot of different scenarios, especially if Dallas wanted him. The scenarios in which they could you know pursue him, whether it's via trade or via free agency. Nick and I talked about yesterday on the podcast different routes that Dallas could take and you know I gave my preference on it I would prefer if they did choose to uh, pursue DeAndre Jordan I would prefer it via trade because if you did trade for him you're not committing a ton of um, long-term commitment to uh, the event you know the coming up on 30 year old DeAndre Jordan if you trade for him he's going that means he is opting into his final deal and what it looks like it could be that and then you would be trading for him for one year. So especially if it's a deal centered around Wesley Matthews, which Mark Stein talks about in his story with the New York Times, he said it, you know it's most likely to be centered around you know Wesley Matthews and his eighteen point seven million dollar contract for the season. So both of them would be expiring contracts. So you pretty much be swapping out expirings. Obviously Dallas would probably add a little bit to that, and we could talk about what that might look like. But if that's the case, then. Then sign me up, you know, sign me up for one year of it. Let's see if it works. Let's see how it fits. If it completely bombs out, then at worst, he's an expiring that can be traded at the trade deadline or you just ride it out and let him walk at the end of the season. And it was just one year and you have you already had a player on your roster making a similar amount of money that was pretty much going to walk at the end of the year or at least expire. Emotions aside with DeAndre Jordan, it's like I said yesterday on the podcast with Nick, I get the basketball aspects of it. If you took DeAndre Jordan's name and you took the history behind the player with the Dallas Mavericks and you threw it aside and you came at me and said, Isaac, here is this player. These are his stats, which they're not perfect, obviously. These are his stats. This is what he does well. He rebounds the basketball. He plays above the rim. He's an amazing lob catcher. He, you know, pick and roll, like all this different stuff. 
If you told me and you described him to me, I would say, man, he would fit perfectly with what the Mavericks are trying to do do right now and build this system uh, that centers around Luka Doncic and Harrison Barnes, Dennis Smith Jr., and so forth. But then you obviously have to add in the name and the history. And so even though it's not something that I sit back and say, I'm like the in-between. I like I, I hover in between this of saying, hey, I, the basketball sense, you, you go out and you do it. Like I understand it and you go do it and we will make the best of it and it'll be awesome. But I'm also not sw- not sweeping it underneath the rug also. I'm not sweeping underneath the rug what happened in the past. And how he approaches that, if this does go down, how he approaches that via the media or whatever it is, will be crucial, I think, for him. If he comes out and not saying, hey, I regret everything I chose to do three years ago, but just straight up like owning the fact of and telling the media, telling the Mavs fan base, I did it wrong. I'm sorry for that. That was unprofessional or however he wants to word it. You know, even if he, I'm, I'm okay if he says, I think that was the best decision for me back then to stay with the Clippers. Yeah, you, you do, you do, you, bro. Like, I understand you're going to do what you want. And I'm not faulting him for that. It's just how it went down, obviously. So that's, I'm really intrigued with how that happens. But going into Mark Stein's story a little bit more, he says, the Dallas Mavericks are, this is the opening paragraph of the New York Times, you know, piece. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. There is not a media person in basketball that I trust more with Dallas Mavericks news than Mark Stein. He is the most plugged in guy. He is the most respected guy. If there is a big Mav story and Mark Stein is talking about it or tweeting about it, he is who I trust with it. So we just leave that at that. Mark Stein is my first go-to guy with Mavericks news. So when he's reporting something and he is writing about something in the Mavericks, <clears throat> be confident in it, in the fact of what he's reporting. And so we'll leave that at that. His first paragraph in his New York Times story says, the Dallas Mavericks are actively exploring trade possibilities with the Los Angeles Clippers and the former All-NBA center DeAndre Jordan in hopes of finding a workable deal to acquire Jordan this week, according to two people familiar with the discussions. So if this is the case, then timing has a lot to do with it because like we said before, it's like this timeline here. Jordan has to decide on his player option before Friday. And if Jordan decides, let's say tomorrow, let's say we wake up on Wednesday morning, you're listening to this on Wednesday. If Jordan decides on Wednesday, I'm going to opt in to the final year, that's probably going to be an agreement with that he is going to be shipped off somewhere. So it kind of goes into the Chris Paul situation of last year when Chris Paul looked at his free agent options before free agency, said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Houston. Houston would love to offload some salary with me so he so they can do some other roster moves. He goes to the Clippers and says, hey, would you want something for me? Like, do y'all want something for me? I'm going to go here anyway, but I'll opt into my last year if you will work with Houston on a workable trade. And that's this very similar to what would happen here with DeAndre Jordan of saying, I will opt into my last year if you will work with Dallas, if you want something back for me and so forth. We'll talk about what the Clippers would want back for DeAndre in just a second. I'll throw some ideas at you. But 
that would be kind of what you're working with here. What where the timing comes into play also is if Dallas does do this trade and gets DeAndre before the start of free agency, obviously has a lot to do with what is involved in the deal. Assuming that what Stein, you know, Stein is saying Wesley Matthews would be at the center point of this, if there is something else added with Wesley Matthews, or if it's just Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan or whatever it is, this would also allow Dallas to walk into free agency still with a good chunk of cap space. And that is that's what's crazy. This is why I pushed on yesterday's pod why I would prefer for them to go the trade route instead of signing them outright because then you still can go out and go shopping, whether it's for a, a four, a wing, whoever it is to bring all of your guys back and you know you pick and choose who you want to bring back or you bring them all back, try to get somebody else or whatever it is. That's the key to the timing of it all. So there is a world in which they trade for DeAndre Jordan before Friday. They go walk into free agency with a good chunk of change to look at some of these restricted guys, whether it's a Marcus Smart, whether it's a Julius Randle. I mean, Aaron Gordon's a little bit, you know, really shooting for the stars with that. But if you go at one of these guys saying, hey, like this is (laughs) – we already have – you know DeAndre Jordan, we, or we just got him. We have, we just traded. You know, we just got Luka Doncic. We want to win now. We have these pieces in Harrison Barnes and Dennis Smith Jr. and so forth. And what do we? You know, this is our pitch to you, and it might be appealing to a restricted free agent, another free agent, or whatever it is. So, I want to point out something else that is important with the Mark Stein piece, and it says. Um, he's talking about Jordan. You know, if he decides to pass on the option, then Dallas, you know, making could create room to chase him in free agency because the create the room, the cap room that Dallas has been working with, it's kind of like a timeline event. And this is if we want to retrace our steps for as Mavs fans of what's happened over the past 24 hours and why I really wanted to get this at least some type of podcast out is because. A lot of us are like glued to our phones right now. A lot of us are on edge saying, man, what's about to happen? Because there's there has been a chain of events. So yesterday, you know, probably what around lunchtime or something, Eddie Sefko from the Dallas Morning News tweets out. We talked about it on the podcast yesterday. Uh, or he, tw- he might have tweeted out the day before. But he said he, he reported the, the Dallas Mavericks are picking up uh, is tendering the you know the offers pretty much making all of their restricted guys restricted free agents so that included Salah Mezri, Yogi Ferrell and Doug McDermott well Doug McDermott's the kicker because he has the biggest cap hold which you know you look around the nine to ten million range through there where it gets tricky and this is where everything the chain of events happen so Eddie Sefko reports that Dallas is picking those up Last night, or you know, Monday, Monday night, you're listening. I'm saying last night, work with me. It's still Tuesday while I'm recording this, and I'm by myself, so I can't whatever mess up. I am gonna mess up, so just roll with me. So, anyway, the night before the news breaks, I'm actually at a uh, another work event for one of my other jobs. News breaks that the trade happened with the Clippers and the Wizards. Clippers sent Austin Rivers to Washington, Marcin Gortat to the Clippers. We briefly talked about on the podcast yesterday or, you know, yesterday's podcast of saying, hey, does this have any implications as far as 
the Mavericks tendering their restricted free agency. What's going to happen with now? Does this signal, does this trade signal DeAndre Jordan's for sure on his way out from Los Angeles? And then lo and behold, you get on, you get to Tuesday, midday Tuesday, and there you have it. The Zach Lowe tweets out and reports, hey, the Mavericks are, are no longer tendering the offer to Doug McDermott. They're no longer going to um, make him a restricted free agency, pretty much saying, hey, he's going to go on unrestricted free agency now, pretty much saying we need the cap space for something else. So something over the course of 24 hours happened, or 24 to 30 hours, whatever happened, for Dallas to say, hey, we're going to uh, do this with Doug McDermott. Hold up. Nope, something happened. Now we're not going to do this with Doug McDermott. Reading between the lines, what happened in between? The trade with the Clippers where they got another starting center or another big guy in Marcin Gortat. So if you want to, as fans, are obviously trying to connect the dots and saying, okay, well, something might be happening with DeAndre now. If they're doing that with Doug McDermott, they're not kicking Doug to the curb aside for good. Um, See what could happen with that. But to create this room. So now you have this room to where if you did go out and make this trade, you could, or you're creating more free agent um, cap room uh, to start on Sunday for if DeAndre did opt out of his deal, became a free agent, you would have this necessary money to sign him to whatever kind of deal that you think he is worth. That's where it gets interesting. That's where my opinion kind of changes on the situation to where if we were signing DeAndre Jordan to like a three or four year deal and free agency, I would still be, you know, obviously I write for the organization. I'm going to, I'm a positive dude. I'm going to spin it and I'm going to be happy about it, but I would much prefer DeAndre on the one year deal (laughs) to uh, just kind of test it out to see what it's going to be like instead of a three or four year deal and paying a guy at 34 years old uh, big-time money that relies on his athleticism. Back to the Stein report in the New York Times, he said something that I, I thought this was very interesting. He said, The Clippers have granted permission to Jordan and his New York-based agent, Jeff Schwartz, to explore trade scenarios with other teams as they currently weigh the pros and cons of opting into the final season of Jordan's current contract, according to the people. So pretty much the Clippers are sitting back saying, hey, we have openly uh, and freely given you uh, the choice and the freedom to go out right now and try to figure out where you want to go. Pretty much what they told Chris Paul saying, hey, go talk to your people, come back with us. Let's see if this is going to be a possibility or not. And of course, Mark Stein saying, hey, like Dallas Mavericks are super interesting in it in it the way Stein is you know wording his thing his title of it says Mavericks closing in on DeAndre Jordan three years later you know the way Stein is pitching it, it I mean obviously when you say a team is closing in on somebody you would think that that's they're getting close to something then you kind of ask yourself well what is it exactly going to take and what is you know what is the benefit for some a team like the Clippers? Like, what are they trying to do right now? Why would they do this deal? What are they trying to do as a team? Are they trying to win? Are they going to suck? Are they shooting for 2019 cap space? Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. But you have to try to figure 
you can't. I mean, surely it's not a just a West for DeAndre swap. So then you look at it and say, what could happen with that? Let's take a break, and then we'll talk about maybe some possible scenarios of what could happen. So let's talk about what the Clippers uh, would gain from a, a type of trade that Stein is talking about that could be being discussed right now behind closed doors with DeAndre Jordan, the Clippers, and the Dallas Mavericks. So you ask yourself, or at least I ask myself, why would the Clippers do this? Why would they want Wesley Matthews instead of DeAndre Jordan? Are they going to get a pick out of this? I'm not like first round picks. We are like that whole thing. Like Bobby Corrala tweeted out and was like, "Hey, here's some you know here are picks that could be on the move. You know, as far as when Dallas could trade certain picks. So that's a, a, a good reminder on some things. I don't think picks would be involved in this deal. I think you really just get into the focus of Wes Matthews and DeAndre, and then you work on a package center around that from both sides. So you ask yourself in the Clippers, okay, well, if they traded Austin Rivers out, you know, they got Gortat, would they want to switch out a big for a guard? Because I've seen this thrown around of saying, okay, well, if they sent Austin Rivers out and they got a big, well, maybe they send DeAndre out and get another guard or another wing. Okay, well, the problem is they have a 1,000 guards on the roster, and they just took two in the lottery in Jerome Robinson and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Then you still have Pat Beverly. You still have Tia Dosich. That's, you know, looks like he's picking up his option. You still have Evans. You still, I mean, the list of Lou Williams, the list goes on. I can maybe understand if you're saying, hey, I would rather have one year of Wesley Matthews and like put him at the two or three, He's gonna be. He's an awesome vet guy to have in the locker room. They, you know, the Mavericks can't praise that enough. Let's bring him onto the team. Let's see it. Let's have him and let him have an awesome impact on you know our new rookies, our young guys, all this stuff. And then you know what? If we keep him for the rest of the year, he expires. If not, maybe they ex- entertain some things at the trade deadline, and maybe a uh, playoff team with a bigger contract or whatever it is would want to swap it out and get West for a playoff run. For me, I mean, obviously from a Dallas perspective, if you could just swap West for DeAndre, I mean, it totally makes sense as far as the makeup of the roster, because I mean, I can't push enough that Harrison Barnes should be at the three and no, like that should be given. Like the only two spots that should be given in the starting lineup is Dennis Smith Jr. at the one and Harrison Barnes at the three. And then you play around with Luka. You put him at the two. And then in some lineups, you throw him at the four because Rick Carlisle mentioned how deadly he could be at the four and how great that could be. And I agree. I just don't, wouldn't like to see it full time. So you put him at like the two, switch him out sometimes at the four. Harrison's still at the three. But if you get DeAndre, then DeAndre goes to your five. So then you're, you know, playing around. Maybe you get another four. Dirk could maybe, you know, get some minutes with DeAndre some put some other fours in there maybe that's where you use the rest of your money to go shopping for this summer you go after a guy like a julius Randle or somebody like that but let's go back to the wesley matthews thing because if i'm the clippers this is what i'm doing right now i'm saying yeah sure okay let's do let's do wesley matthews and deandre but we don't want west because we're probably going to be a uh, a seller team, a not you know a lottery team. So, what could we possibly move Wesley Matthews? What's a team we could possibly move to make it a three-team trade, ship him off somewhere else to a team that's wanting to win now, while still getting something back that is of value to us this year? Some, 
but doesn't cut into our cap space in 2019 a lot either. So this is where like Dwight Powell being added into the deal probably isn't going to happen because if you're the Clippers, you're you're going to tank out the season, but you don't want to affect your cap space in 2019 either. And Dwight Powell would affect that and take a good you know 10 million out of that. So you probably wouldn't want that in the deal. So what are who are some teams across the league that maybe you could pitch Wesley Matthews in, bring a third team into this, and say, hey, we'll give you Wes, but here give us something back and maybe give us a, a like a small flyer type of piece, at least something that you we could keep for DeAndre Jordan. I have a couple of teams to throw out there to you. What if they called Minnesota and said, Taj Gibson is on a expiring contract this season. He's making like 12 or 13 million a year. I'm pretty sure I should have wrote down the number, but whatever, roll with me. And so what if they said, Hey, we will trade you Wesley Matthews for Taj Gibson and Justin Patton. Patton was their first round pick, I think 16th overall the year before. He did, he's a big man. Um, he didn't play at all, like really, for Minnesota this past season. So, what if they said, hey, we'll give you Wesley Matthews to go on the wing alongside like Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins? You know, if they do decide to ship off Andrew Wiggins, whatever it is. And that helps you win now. It gives you a defensive presence that helps you win now. And. Y- you're swapping out Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson, you know, you keep him expiring. You can use him at the deadline, whatever it is. But basically, you're getting this rookie flyer in Justin Patton. At least the goal of this, if you're the Clippers, is if I'm the Clippers, the goal is if you're doing a three team type of trade like this, I want something that does not cut into my 2019 cap a lot. And I want at least a flyer. That's at least something I'm wanting for DeAndre Jordan. So that's a similar type of deal that I would like look for if I'm the Clippers. <clears throat> Should we throw out OKC? OKC wants to win now. Could they convince Melo to go to the Clippers? And would a three-teamer of them sending West to OKC for like Carmelo and Terrence Ferguson work? Carmelo would have to approve it to go to you know, L.A. He might to go to L.A. He's not going to win there. But, you know, I think obviously if you're asking OKC, who would you have next? Who would you rather have next year, Carmelo Anthony or Wesley Matthews? I think they would pick Wesley Matthews in a heartbeat. Uh, he would fit that team perfectly. But the question is, you know, would, would the Clippers do that? Carmelo's, you know, expiring just like Wes because he just picked up his option for like $28 million. So, yeah, with Carmelo Anthony and Terrence Ferguson for Wes Matthews. So the three-team trade would be like DeAndre to Dallas, Wes Matthews to OKC, and Carmelo and Terrence Ferguson to L.A. So then you're not cutting into your 2019 cap because Carmelo's expiring. And then you get a flyer on a guy like Terrence Ferguson for what, you know, obviously whatever you think Terrence Ferguson is. So that's just something to throw out there. I don't, that's, you know, you'd obviously have to get Carmelo's approval and just there's more to that one or whatever it is. I'll throw at you another one. Similar to a Minnesota one. What about Denver? What if they roped Denver in and said, hey, we will DeAndre to Dallas, Wesley Matthews to Denver, and to the Clippers, they send Kenneth Fareed and another young piece. Let's say like Malik Beasley or maybe Hernan Gomez, something like that, to where 
So then the Clippers are, you know, they're flipping west to Denver. Denver gets West Matthews that they could put on. They could, you know, replace Wilson Chandler with West in the, you know, starting lineup and put him with Jamal Murray, put him with Gary Harris, put him at the three, and you know, let him play his lockdown defense, hit his three, you know, help spread the floor some. You're, you finally get off the Kenneth Freed. He's an expiring contract, so you're not cutting to your 2019 cap if you're the Clippers. And then you're getting your flyer in a Malik Beasley or a Hernan Gomez, something like that. That's a trade I kind of see for both sides. Uh, you know, if I'm the Clippers, you at least get a little something back for it. But I think obviously the Clippers would probably want a draft pick or something. I think it would be kind of difficult to get a decent draft pick from a team for Wesley Matthews at just this point in his career and stuff. But if you see the vibe I'm going for in these trades, the last one I'm going to throw at you is what if they bring in Phoenix uh, as the third team and say, hey, if Phoenix, and this is just saying if Phoenix wants to win now, if they're saying here's our young core, we like our young core with DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, our whole, you know, that young core. If we're saying we want to take the next step, we think our young core is good enough to fight for a playoff seed this, you know, this year, and we think a guy like Wesley Matthews would be great for our locker room. What if they called Phoenix, the Clippers, wrote them into the deal and said, hey, we'll send Wes to you if you, and we'll take on Jared Dudley, which is an expiring contract for around $10 million. It's really like 9.5, 9.4, whatever. Um, We'll take on Jared Dudley's expiring and then a young piece. And you add in the young piece, whatever it is. Would they give up Jared Dudley and Marquise Chris for Wesley Matthews? Maybe. We don't know Phoenix is thinking behind that. Would they give up Bender? Probably not. But I could see him saying, hey, we have enough young guys on our team. We'll get we'll give you Marquise Chris and Jared Dudley for Wes Matthews. So then the three-team trade would be DeAndre to Dallas, Wesley Matthews to the Clippers, I mean, Wesley Matthews to Phoenix, and then who I lost track now. And then, oh, and then Jared Dudley and the Flyer and Marquise Chris to the Clippers. So then you're you're not cutting into your 2019 cap. You still, have, you know, Jared Dudley's expiring, and then you get at least the Flyer and Marquise Chris. So that's something I would be looking at in what could be happening right now. We don't know. You know, that could be the thing that. Los Angeles is sitting there saying of saying, okay, is it really that big of a trade out? And should we let's see what we could, you know, maybe flip West for because West probably wants to win now. West is a great competitor, three-point shooter, defensive guy. He would be on a contending team or at least a team that's pushing for the playoffs. He would work better there. So let's try to flip West then at this point for at least some type of young piece. So then the mindset is if we're about to lose DeAndre, then we can at least get some type of young flyer or some type of young asset or something for him. And that's where I kind of detailed three or four trades there that what could be, you know, something to think about if you're the Clippers and all and everything that's going down. Pretty much, guys, it's going to be a fun next few days. Uh, I know Nick and I will be will, will be ready you know, going and forward the next couple of days, we should be doing um, a emergency pod if something happens during the day. Like I told you, it could happen when I'm recording with uh, a guy tomorrow, and uh, that would be pretty wild. But it's going to be a crazy next few days, guys. Man, Mavs fans are – I just get on my Twitter and everything's going nuts right now. 
and Reddit. I'm on Reddit, but I don't really do much on Reddit. I'm just kind of a creeper guy. It's, I don't know. Reddit's just, it's frustrating to me, but I definitely prefer Twitter. Guys, thanks for reaching out. Reminder again, iTunes reviews. We are going to do a, uh, we did this a while back, back last summer, I think in the fall. We did a, a question mailbag type of thing. If you go on iTunes and you, if you haven't been on iTunes yet, go on iTunes, review the podcast, give us five stars. If you're not going to give us five, you know what? Just don't give us a review, you know? I mean, come on. Um, but no, literally, some, I'm not, and I'm not lying when I say this, some guys, some people have reached out to us and said, hey, how can we support you guys? Like, we listen to you guys every morning on our way to work. Uh, you help us get through our work shift, whatever. The biggest way you can support is if you go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, leave a question on the review as the comment. And we're going to pull every question from those. We, we already have a handful already. We're going to pull a question from there and all that stuff. If you are a day one guy and you've already listened or you've already left a review and you're like, man, I'm dying for a question or whatever, just DM one of us. I'm, I'm usually decently good at getting back to my DMs. Right now, it's pretty hectic because I'm talking to a lot of people and just everything that's going on and all that stuff. But guys, follow Mavs Gaming. I obviously have to plug that. That's like one of my main responsibilities right now at the Mavericks and what they're paying me to do sometimes. So it's fun. Those are good guys over there and they deserve your support and they're doing pretty well to be honest so but stay tuned i i know it's a long it's a long podcast you just listen some of you guys just listen to my voice for like 40 minutes i don't know why um i didn't plan to go 40 minutes i thought i was gonna go like 20 my voice is starting to go out some but uh it's exciting times and for guys that's reached out about the baby stuff we're like five weeks away from my wife's due date we are getting super excited it's going to be a wild ride with that. I have family in town visiting, prepare, helping us prepare for the baby on the way. We're super excited. Go Brazil, World Cup, let's go. Super exciting times. And the Mavericks, man, just stay tuned. Just stay tuned with, um, with everything that could go on and what these next three to four to six days could entail. I'll leave you with this. Back last year, I wrote a piece that said for the smoking Cuban, while I still work for Fansided, I wrote a piece that said all roads for the Mavericks lead to the summer of 2018. And so I got some slack for it. I got some whatever, like, oh, you're just putting false hope. It's just another summer. Who cares about capsaids? Who cares about this and that's that? And I just said, just, just wait. Like this summer could be different. This summer, I think will be different. And if it goes along a path, it just started with Luka Doncic. If it goes along a path where there's a trade made and it brings in another starter and then there's some free agent, you know, there's some money to where you get another guy. And we add three, you know, if we walk out of this summer adding three guys, you know, two is crazy counting the draft. If we add three to four guys, that could be a part of this core and play basketball at a high level this summer. And I tweeted out a while back will, will be remembered. It, it will already be remembered in franchise history forever because of Luka Doncic. But this summer could go down as an all timer for the Mavericks when it's all said and done and just set back, enjoy the ride, be positive Whoever puts on that Mavericks jersey, let's root for them and let's be their biggest fans. 
I'm excited. You should be excited. Let's see what happens over this next week. Stay tuned with, stay tuned with Lockdown Mavs. We got you covered. Peace out. For Nick. Boom. <laughs>